Hello, and welcome to the Cannabis Corner. I am your host, Joshua Braff, and I'm here with my partner, Farmer Adam Teitelbaum. We're going to begin with a caller today. We have Dr. Williams out of Lansing, Michigan. Hello, Dr. Williams. Good to speak to you. You have decades of experience in seeing all sorts of medicines coming down the pike. Tell us where you sit when it comes to cannabis use and, and what you see happening all over the world as far as sales and the adjustment of regulation due to this new demand. Can you weigh in on that? Uh, yes, I can. I'm sort of interested and been interested in your program. And I just have some questions because I don't understand uh, some of this. I've never smoked cannabis, but I'm interested in it as really potential uses in medicine. And I guess I've never understood if I take my license out, I'm cleared for all sorts of high-level narcotics, and I don't know why marijuana is listed that way. I don't see alcohol on that. Right. So there is a distinction for you in, in the ease with which people can now take on this medicine or a drug, as is first known as. Is that true? Uh, yes. And one can study alcohol and its uses and its problems, but in most states, it's very difficult to set up uh, really reproducible research with cannabis. Adam, uh, can you cover this and let Dr. Williams know your thoughts? I know you have many things to say in regard to how one approaches this. Well, yes. Um, thanks for joining us, Dr. Williams. The problem lies in the scheduling of cannabis as a Schedule One substance, and because of that, that inhibits research. But there still has been a lot of research, although it's hard to gain access to the cannabis. And in fact, the majority of the cannabis that's being used in these studies is so substandard, so far below what is being produced in the industry, because this is government-produced cannabis. And if you've ever seen it, it looks terrible. It's brown, it's full of seeds and stems. But still, with this inferior product, we're getting very positive results in regards to so many, uh, helping so many diseases, whether it's seizures in kids. We have families moving in droves to Colorado just to be able to administer CBD oil to their children to stop the seizures. And there have been a number of studies. And if you want to look beyond the U.S., if you look to Israel, they've been doing this since the 60s, since THC was identified there in 1968 by Dr. Raphael Mechelam. And they administer cannabis in hospitals in all sorts of forms to all sorts of patients. And in senior homes, patients with medical cannabis cards are allowed to use cannabis in the senior homes there. So it's a whole different culture. It was never ostracized the way it was here, beginning with Harry Anslinger back in the 1930s, where he demonized this in order to really help, uh, for economic reasons, many, many industries from paper mills to pharmaceuticals, etc. Um, but this didn't happen in Israel. So Israel was open to this plant and researching it and reaping the benefits. So that's a great place to, for us to look medically. Dr. Williams, tell us your thoughts after hearing that. I think it's very interesting. There are some uh, good studies now coming out of University of Colorado. What upsets me is criminalizing not just the use of marijuana, but potentially the studies, which are very important. We have all these studies uh, in the use of alcohol which I consider to be a very dangerous drug. We need more studies that are reproducible in this country. Dr. Williams, does it ring true to you that we're obviously a country that's struggling with alcohol abuse? Obviously, the opioid issue has come to a head. Is there a thought that maybe since cannabis is being accepted in a different level 
in a ubiquitous way, that perhaps that's a better substitute for what happens to families in situations where the disease of alcoholism is rearing its ugly head. Oh, yes, I have no question about that. And also the interest in the possible substitution of cannabis for a lot of addicting opioids, you know, about the increase in in deaths with heroin. And if one could substitute uh, something like cannabis uh, and be able to get people off really terrible narcotics like heroin, this would be a major advance for our society. Adam, what do you think about that? I know you agree. Yeah, I mean, I know of instances myself, uh, personally, people that I know in my life who have turned their lives around from battling alcohol abuse to using cannabis to wean themselves from that and to live productive lives. So I've seen that there. I'd love to see studies done specifically, but I also uh, was just hearing uh, amongst my professional circles last week about cannabis being introduced into a 12-step program with success. I asked for some information on that, uh, which uh, I should be getting when I return to work this weekend, which I'm really curious to read about because I had not heard of that, but I had thought that that would naturally be happening in a place like Colorado or California. So I guess we'll have something to look at there at some point. I just understand uh, that people are beginning to think of the use of cannabis in uh, weaning a variety of young people and older people off of the epidemic of heroin use. Absolutely. That's one of the things that we think about quite a bit. And the notion that a CBD, which is a non-psychoactive form of cannabis, can have such an, an easy adjustment for people if they're feeling it, uh, if they're getting the benefits from that. So you can see where the evolution could bring the country to a better spot. Still, heroin and the opioids and whatever's coming out of China seems to be extremely dangerous for people. In fact, there were pictures of the morgue in Ohio just packed with people uh, in desperate need uh, looking for something to fulfill maybe the heroin addiction or perhaps some other medicine that, that was prescribed to them. You know, this is such a new field still. We're I mean, medicine is new. Cannabis is not, but studies on cannabis are new. And there are some people who are, there are two different camps, and some are suggesting that CBDs, you know, alone are great, while others are saying, no, when you're leaving out one of the cannabinoids, such as THC, that you're losing part of that entourage effect. And that's why there are some people who, you know, are also juicing raw cannabis. Now, there's no THC when consumed raw because that's not activated, but you are consuming other cannabinoids that you're that you wouldn't if you were to be smoking it or vaporizing it or eating it ingesting it in another form so the use of just cbd alone sometimes becomes a hot topic in the cannabis and hemp communities and it seems that even a low dosage of thc you know one to three percent something like that even is helpful but it has to have below 0.3 percent thc in order for it to qualify as cbd or hemp dr williams um do you have any thoughts regarding a similar medicine coming down the pike in your experience? You've been a physician for decades that reminded you of what this feels like as marijuana becomes more ubiquitous. Sure. I think there's an interesting analogy in the development of antibiotics. Mm -hmm. For example, we had just a couple sulfa 
and penicillin, streptomycin. And what we discovered that certain antibiotics were good for certain uh, bacterial disease and others not so good. And so we developed a whole line of antibiotics to deal with different types of infection. I'd like to know something about the different ingredients. You mentioned some that might have different effects for different diseases. Right. With all the research that has been done, some would say none has been done in the life of cannabis, but there has been enough done to say, for example, you cannot OD. Um, This is extremely good for appetite problems, which is something that happens a lot from uh, side effects of pills. It's interesting to hear that you are seeing that the research is important and that there's a, a lot of work that needs to be done in the realm of breaking down these properties. So you're open to that and it sounds like you're reading about it. Yeah, I, I think this is potentially very exciting and our physicians, most of them know very little about it. We have to have more information. We have to have careful studies done. It's clear there are some variable, valuable uses, but we need to know more about it. Any more thoughts, Adam? All that keeps ringing through my head as um, we're in this discussion is that this has got to be either rescheduled or descheduled so that more studies can be done and so that the studies will have access to high-quality cannabis and to test that cannabis, to test it for what cannabinoids that particular strain has, uh, what the terpene profile is, and all of that matters in terms of what roles those play in helping people medicinally, because we we are finding that there are certain terpenes and cannabinoids when used are helping people with certain ailments, but the studies and research hasn't gone far enough, so I don't know why the DEA refuses to admit that there's any medicinal value, when of course there is, because we're seeing it, and why the U.S. government holds patents on cannabis and says, but there's no medicinal value, but they hold the patents for cannabis for medicinal value. It's just crazy. Dr. Williams, any more thoughts? And many of us who are older, more conservative physicians really feel, one, we need more studies. We need more studies from universities. And for the government to hold this up is really, really sad for the people of the United States. Uh, We are definitely in agreement there. Dr. Williams, we so much appreciate your time and and giving your opinion. Thank you so much for coming on the Cannabis Corner. We'd love to have you back. Thank you. Glad that you allowed me to speak on your program. Thank you. All right. We'll be right back on The Cannabis Corner. And don't forget to check us out at thecannabiscorner.com. Supercloset, the number one selling grow cabinets worldwide. Growing with soil is a very familiar and forgiving method of indoor gardening. Many first-time growers find this to be a good way to start. Soil growing can be a slower method, but it is highly effective. Grow bigger and faster with hydroponics. If you are new to hydroponics, our grow techs will guide you through the process and help you master the use of these award-winning systems. Hydroponics will give you better yields, higher quality harvests, and the growth rate of vegetation will help cut down on your overall harvest time. Supercloses.com
Hello and welcome back to the Cannabis Corner. I am your host, Joshua Braff, and I'm here with my partner, Farmer Adam Teitelbaum. Today we have Garen Angel, CEO of MagicalButter.com, a company that's revolutionized botanical extractions. Right now we're going to discuss edibles and children, a very important topic in that so many people have these cupcakes, brownies, cookies sitting around the house, and who is more attracted to that than the children? Garen's going to give us some tips on how to keep your kid's hand out of the wrong cookie jar. Let's talk a little bit about um, edibles and children. That's a, that's a hot topic, right? We want to keep this stuff as much as possible away from children. But candidly, when you guys were kids, did you guys sneak alcohol and do so? And I'm not saying it's right for kids to do this, but I also don't want to blow this out of proportion and make it bigger than it is because... Most kids have had alcoholic beverages and smoked cigarettes, and and many of them have even smoked cannabis. It's just that was that's part of growing up. It's I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm not here to make that decision, but we want to protect children and be responsible wherever possible. So Magical Butter started a new initiative called the 21up.co initiative. 21up.co is a website you can visit. You can also see the products on our website, magicalbutter.com, and it's a three-piece security system. So if you're at home making edibles, first thing you do is you put them in our 21-up molds. So let's say you're going to make gummy bears or chocolates or any kind of savory thing that you're going to put in and harden. You would put it into our molds. Your candies or your, your food product now would all be marked 21-up. So if a child were to see that and they were old enough to read it, they would know that that was an infused product. Now, the next step that we do with that is foil pack, child-resistant foil packs. So you take your edible that's marked, and now you put it into a child-resistant foil pack, and children who can't read are protected from accessing that. Now, good security systems are always a three-step process. So the third step to this is we have 21-up exit bags. And this is Magical Butter's initiative that's aimed to protect children from the accidental consumption of cannabinoids. And it's a responsible thing that we've done as a company. We always want to be a thought leader and visionaries on the products that our customers need to keep them safe, their family safe, and the public safe. I was going to ask you about skeptics, and perhaps the first thought would be, what about this being in the hands of children? And the way you approached it is to mention alcohol. So, of course, kids are going to explore with all kinds of things. And here you've put a certain safety latch, as it were, that you've thought of that can quiet the skeptics to some degree. You're preaching to the choir on, on to Adam and I as far as what we grew up with in the 80s, looking to feel happier than we were. Uh, we sometimes call ourselves ice storm kids, but uh, don't tell anybody. We found that marijuana made us feel quite harmonious and then spent decades defending it, not trying to be outlaws, uh, keeping that criminal smell away from everybody. And so we find ourselves in a new reel where a guy like you, Garen, is saying, enough's enough. I saw you in an interview. It seemed like you were on Wall Street with some pretty <laughs> some pretty tough pundits, and you were saying, I'm happy. I used to be sort of you, and I'm now me. And there's a really big calling here that has been crushed by a stigma. And um, you seem to be a front runner in saying, enough's enough. You must watch these ads where they talk about chemical medicines and the glorious couple holding hands on the beach. 
and it's maddening to hear the side effects. Not to say that a person doesn't need some combination, perhaps, of a chemical medicine and, and cannabis, and not to say that every person needs cannabis at all. But we are on a road to some truth here in a time where our climate is filled with nebulous news. So thank you so much. And also, will you tell us a little bit about the products you have coming down the line? I know that you're busy. Uh, yeah, we have uh, many new products coming down the line. Magical Butter is a lifestyle brand. We have fun products coming out, and we also have functional products coming out. Some of our fun products coming out, I anticipate later this year, we'll have a home brew so people can make their own craft beers at home in an auto system. That's part of our lifestyle. I see cannabis in both phases. Recreationally or adult use has a large utility to maintain people's mental wellness. When used properly, if you're having a bad day or you're stuck and you need to get creative, there's a lot of ways to use it therapeutically, even if you're not ill. I feel alcohol has a lot of those same attributes, although it's bad for your body where cannabinoids, when ingested, seem to do a wonder on working in concert with the immune system to battle and prevent disease. And preventative healthcare is always much better than healthcare as needed when you're suffering from a disease state. But we want to encourage people to be able to have fun in life. So that's very much our company. Craft beers are a big thing now. I don't drink much beer anymore. I have a beer every every week or two. I'll have one beer. It's just too much sugar for me. But I know that there's a lot of people out there that would love to brew their own craft beer. And so we're gonna we've created a machine that enables them to do that. That's a fun product. We also have the magical butter oil machine coming out shortly. That machine allows you to reclaim your alcohol when you're making a magical butter oil or a cannabis oil. It takes it from a tincture down to a concentrate and does it for you automatically. It's a wonderful product that is unparalleled in the industry. We're the only digital distiller that has ever been created. How far out is that product, Garen? We're in final UL approval. It's ready for manufacturing. More so than anything else, it's my timeline on how quickly I put together the marketing and ad campaign for the pre-launch and, and full launch of the product. There's a lot of strategy that goes into everything we do. We're, we don't just run and gun, so I want to make sure that the strategy map is clearly defined for a very successful product launch. And then we've been working on food computers for quite some time. Uh, expect some food computers coming from Magical Butter in likely 2018. I want to thank you for what you're doing and spreading the word about cannabis and, you know, responsible use, whether it's a recreational or medicinal pack. I think when people are using it recreationally, a lot of them are getting medicinal benefits, whether they realize it or not. So um, that's positive. And I just love hearing about anybody who is spreading the word on this healthy alternative for a healthy lifestyle. So I thank you for your contributions and what you're doing. Yes, thank you, Garen. Yeah, I appreciate it, and I thank you for your time on the show. I love the, the message you guys are spreading and getting more and more people educated on cannabis as medicine and cannabis as a therapeutic recreational use substance that really is fairly benign in application and has very few potential side effects. But as you mentioned, it could have tremendous preventable disease states and if you can prevent disease, 
that's that's when you're winning. We have to get out of the mentality of treating disease and body part treatment. We need to get into prevention and root cause of the problem. That is so well put. So you're, you're basically saying being proactive as opposed to being reactive. Reactive healthcare is the worst way in the world to extend longevity and minimize healthcare costs. On top of that, you're not ever going to be happy if you don't get your body into the right balance. And the right balance means your body is creating the right endogenous compound to get rid of all of the toxins and free radicals and chemicals and substances that we're constantly being exposed to. And really, it's about manipulating your own endogenous compound production. I can't stress that enough. It's not about putting synthetic compounds in your body. It's about natural compounds going into your body that create an endogenous cellular response. It upregulates or downregulates different compounds in our body to keep us balanced and make sure that our bodies are not creating bad proteins. When our body starts to create bad proteins, that's what leads to real disease. And cannabinoids have a profound effect on preventing, reducing, or reversing bad proteins from being made by the body. So, so it really all comes down to a subject that we've spoken about uh, before, which is the ECS or the endocannabinoid system, and uh, trying to achieve a state of homeostasis within our bodies and minds. And uh, yes, cannabis is a huge natural way to do this, and our bodies are built to interact with it. And uh, it's amazing. And I, I love what you brought to the table here today. You, you've uh, really shared so much invaluable information. And just knowing that there's uh, people like you in this industry, whether it's directly dealing with cannabis or ancillary, I'm thrilled that so many good minds and good people are uh, becoming involved in this industry. Yeah, a couple other points I'd like to touch on real quick. The endocannabinoid system, as you just mentioned, it interacts directly with the immune system. The endocannabinoid system interacts with every disease known to mankind, yet clinical research is sparse to none domestically in the United States because it's maintained the Schedule One status. So we have molecules that we know interact directly with every disease that we suffer from, yet we prohibit the research institutions, these top universities, from studying this even when you have patients with stage four cancer and we have no known cure for them or no known treatment for them, not even a cure, just how about prolonging or making people happier? It's really despicable that in 2017 we haven't addressed this. And I do want to give a big thank you to people like Rand Paul and Mitch McConnell who are out there lobbying for the industrial hemp industry at this point, but at least that gets CBD on, on the table. And there's no reason why cannabidiol is currently illegal or Schedule 1. It's not a Schedule 1 if it's grown under the Farm Act, but the DEA still has this opinion it is. And when challenged on that, they're going to lose, and they're going to lose badly. It's a little sickening to sit and watch people become better, but then watch others suffer, either due to zip code or the fear that they don't want to be in violation of the law as they're dying. It's... It's heartbreaking for me to watch. Great point. I know we uh, we feel exactly the same, and I've been a soldier on this mission for a while as an activist, a farmer, a uh, user of cannabis for the majority of my life. 
I think it's a gift to us, really. And, uh, yeah, I want it spread so that anybody who can benefit can use it as well. So I think it's just a matter of time before we see that happen, because look at all the other countries around who are legalizing Catalonia, Greece, you know, Germany. I think Italy may be headed down that path as well. Uh, you know, Spain, Puerto Rico has got medical marijuana. It's spreading. Australia, the entire country, geez, we're surrounded on both sides by Mexico and Canada. I mean, we're the ones who are falling behind. And unfortunately, it's our citizens who pay that price. It's got so many of us. It's got so many of us all pulling the rope from the same side. And this is a tug of war that we're winning, and we're winning it for the right reason because science is on our side. I love you guys. You're beautiful people. We'll send you guys some product. Enjoy it. I love your feedback. And any way we can work together in the future, I mean, look forward to it. Garen, tell us a little bit about the specifics of how we find your product and, you know, the things you'd like to tell us about what's most pressing right now. Where can we find this machine? Magical Butter is very easy to find. MagicalButter.com. We're on YouTube. We're on Facebook. Now, on Facebook, please like us there. And then also on Facebook, we have the Magical Butter Users United Group. It's 25,000 customers from around the world all working together in a beautiful community to help one another. And it is very much moderated to remain a helpful, happy community. Please join us there, bring your best spirits, and help other people who are suffering or creating beautiful recipes. 800-420-4334, Monday through Friday, 10 to 6 Eastern Standard Time. Our team is standing by to help you. We have some of the most compassionate and passionate team members. I love them all. We are one big family. Hey, Garen, when some of your products come to fruition, we'd love to have you back. Thank you so much for the language and the sensitivity. Again, that's Garen Angel of MagicalButter.com. Also check him out on Facebook, where there's $30 of savings to be had on Magical Butter products. That's all for us today. We'll see you next time on The Cannabis Corner. Mm-hmm.